This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Communist ice cream brands, an America-hating congresswoman, and a lady on an American Airlines flight that saw something no one else did. I'll crown my losers of the week. Then the COVID era might be over, but the left should be paying for their infringements for a lifetime. I've got Senator Eric Schmidt here with more. Next, this week we celebrated America's birthday, but this country would be nothing without the men and women in uniform who fought and still fight for our freedoms. I've got Tunnel to Tower CEO Frank Siller here in Nashville. And last, you know, I have some final thoughts. It all starts now. Judicial victories, America's birthday, cocaine in the White House. Safe to say it was a rough week for liberals as they truly ended up being the losers, a well-deserved label. But I've narrowed down my top three for this week. Let's start with Missouri Representative Cori Bush. While most of you likely celebrated Independence Day with a cold beer and a hot dog, she celebrated it by rage-tweeting her hatred for America, the country she happens to live in and whose Congress she was elected to serve under. I super hope she didn't take Tuesday off work given she feels so strongly in her disdain for the day. Congresswoman Bush is still demanding reparations be paid to people who were never enslaved by people who never enslaved. But who wants to tell Cori Bush her reparations money has already been sent to this guy? What a bummer. But not to be outdone, the ice cream brand Ben & Jerry's decided to get in on America-hating action with this lovely tweet. Ah, oh, the old this land was stolen bit. How original. It's odd, though, because I've yet to see Ben & Jerry's give up even a square inch of the stolen land their ice cream joints cover. Perhaps they can just sign over a few locations to Cori Bush and they can both call it a day. Isn't it just like liberals to demand things they wouldn't personally give up? Like, give back the land, but not our land. Defund the police, but not our security. Eliminate fossil fuels, but not our private jets. Typical liberal stuff right there. But speaking of jets, airplanes, and aviation in general... I'm not sure if this lady is a loser or an all-knowing omniscient genius, but she sure is something else. I'm telling you, I'm getting the off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two but I am telling you right now, that that back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going to. All righty. Well, it turns out there is actually more to this story and she may have been onto something. Take a look. The weird thing was after she left the plane, the dude in the hoodie, which the flight attendant was like, did anything happen? And he still didn't say a word. He just went like and like shrugged. The dude in the hoodie like looked around the plane and he looked back at me. And he winked at me. And again, I didn't quite register it. I was like, okay, what the f is that about? I was like, maybe he's just being like an ass, like winking, like that was weird, wasn't it? But now that I look back, I realized that when he winked at me and it was his left eye looking back at me, it didn't wink like this. It winked like this. 
I tell you what, there must be something in the air because flight has got people bugging out. And I would say call Pete Buttigieg, but we all know that'll solve literally nothing. Those are my losers of the week. Still ahead, a federal judge took aim at the big tech plus big guy collusion. And we may be just one step closer to true COVID justice. I've got one of the AGs who brought this case to the forefront, Senator Eric Schmidt, and he joins me next. And yet another long overdue legal victory. This week, a U.S. District Court judge determined the Biden administration likely colluded with big tech wardens to censor and suppress protected speech during the never-ending glorified cold that was the COVID pandemic. I was personally mentioned in page 16 of this opinion, given the White House digital director specifically directed Facebook to reduce me on the platform, given the traction my anti-COVID vax commentary was getting. They called it disinformation, but we now know that 99% of the things the Democrats call disinformation really just inconvenient truths. The Democrats have basically been given COVID amnesty, but does this latest injunction mean justice will, in some small way, be served? Join me now, former Missouri AG, now Senator Eric Schmidt. Senator, it is so great to have you. Great to be with you, Tommy. So you were on uh, last night on Hannity just before me, so I got the pleasure of, of listening to you and hearing you explain this. But for my audience that didn't see that, I want to go into this injunction and what this judge said. Obviously, I just mentioned that page 16 mentions me specifically, all the hard work that you guys did to get this across the finish line. But what does this mean for the average American in our free speech? Well, I think in the in the broadest sense, it's a huge win for the First Amendment and free speech, and it's a it's a smackdown and a, and a devastating loss for this censorship enterprise that's been created by the Biden administration on a number of different fronts. Whether it was the origins of COVID and the lab leak theory, they were clearly uh, coercing and working with their social media partners to discredit anybody who talked about that. We now know that that's actually what happened. Um, uh, the efficacy of masks, other COVID protocols vaccine issues, also the Hunter Biden laptop story. I mean, you had the FBI who had the the laptop in 2019 telling these social media companies in monthly then weekly meetings, uh, look out for this Russian hack and leak operation and specifically mentioned, according to a Twitter executive, the Hunter Biden laptop, all in an effort to suppress this story before it came out the 2020 election. So it is a far reaching injunction that touches the FBI, it prohibits them, the CDC, uh, Homeland Security, CISA, um, all these agencies probably some people have never even heard of, White House officials, from you know engaging this kind of behavior, which is to say they know they can't, well, whether they care or not, but they're not supposed to be under the First Amendment able to censor speech, but they also can't outsource that now to their big tech partners. So it's a big win uh, for that very important principle, which is people can speak their minds. And if you disagree with something, you don't get to just label it misinformation, disinformation, and censor it. It's called a marketplace of ideas. Put your best argument forward. We'll put our best argument forward and let the people decide. Uh, that's terrifying to the left, but that's what this, this decision represents. It's a big win for, for people to be able to speak their minds and stop this deplatforming and censoring that's been happening uh, for the last few years. Thank goodness also besides your lawsuit, but also for the Twitter files, because we got a lot of yeah. this information because of the Twitter files. 
I would really like to see the meta slash Facebook files because I have a feeling that there is a treasure trove of censorship and information in those. But what's crazy to me is that the liberals, they really hate this judge's opinion. They hate the fact that there might actually be free speech. But I wonder how they would feel if it was a President Donald Trump who was instructing social media companies to censor information about his legal troubles or his investigations. I have a feeling this would be headline bumper to bumper on any other news network. That's what's infuriating. But I want to play a clip for you from CNN because they are also very upset that you guys are protecting and defending free speech. Let's take a listen. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day -day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. But where's the line? Who's going to police this? <laughs> Senator, the mental gymnastics that they had to trapeze to get that out is amazing to me. When you hear that, what are your initial thoughts? They've lost their minds. I mean, they've, they're left, they're completely broken. And you know what's interesting is, so I'm, I just turned 48, so I'm Gen Xer. And, um, you know, when I was growing up, liberals were fierce defenders of free speech in the First Amendment. I mean, that's what the ACLU used to talk about, right? Now they're, because they've created this censorship industrial complex and this enterprise, their solution to any debate is just to shut the other side down. They want to control language. They want to censor people. And I think the difference here is, and why conservatives, I would argue, are like kind of counterculture now, is we're not afraid of the debate. I mean, I don't, listen, Lots of people say negative things about me all the time, and that's part of the process. People are supposed to be able to be in the town square or the virtual town square, say their piece. It works as a pressure release valve for us because that's how you know most countries around the world, and certainly in history, they solve these disputes through political violence. We don't want to see that, right? So we have a robust debate. But the left, they're just obsessed with shutting people down, deplatforming people, throwing political opponents now in jail. I mean. It, they've taken just a very dangerous turn, and, um, and and that's what this is all about. They're afraid of the debate. They had a great gig there, right, with this censorship thing that they can control. They're terrified of the idea that conservatives might actually be able to have their point of view, and the government won't collude or coerce with social media giants. They're all on the same team, shutting people down. I want liberals to talk as much as possible because every time they open their mouths, it just makes our case easier. So I don't want to censor them at all. I want to let them be their unbridled, unmuzzled selves. But we know now that the Biden administration, shocker, wants to appeal this decision. Do you think that's going to gain any traction? Or is this case and this opinion so airtight, they're not going to be able to fight it? I mean, it's really strong, Tommy. And by the way, I don't think it should be lost on um, your viewers and listeners that um, this was issued on Independence Day. That's pretty rare. It was a federal holiday. And the judge, you know, issued this thing on the day that we celebrate the core freedoms that make America a great place. And so I think that's a great message that was sent by this judge. And you look at some of the, the wording in this opinion, 
in this injunction, you know, mentioning that this is perhaps the most aggressive censorship scheme in the history of the country. This is an Orwellian-like ministry of truth that's been created. I mean, that's that's not you and me talking. That's a federal judge in writing in this injunction saying it. Now, look, this case probably makes its way all the way to the Supreme Court, but so be it. I think this would be a really important case for the court to weigh in on in this new era where the government, who used to silence people in more traditional means by, by way of censorship efforts, this is sort of new territory, right? And it's terrifying to let because they have owned sort of all these cultural battlefields and we're fighting back and we're winning. And this would be a serious blow. It is right now, but could continue to be a serious blow of this effort they have to, to just shut people down. Well, I am I'm so honored to be a part of this opinion and the original. Yeah, congratulations, lawsuit. you're mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love it. They even spelled my name right. So uh, whoever the White House digital director is, I believe he is still employed, Robert Flaherty or whatever his name is. Uh, that's also concerning. But thank you guys for everything that you've done, fighting for us, fighting for the little guy. You know, when I'm deplatformed or I'm censored, it's one thing, but there's so many people that have a smaller platform that they don't even know they're being censored. So that's what, again, this goes to the core of just American freedom. But thanks for all that you guys have done fighting this good fight. God bless you, and thanks for the hard work. Thanks, Tommy. Great to be with you. God bless. All right, up next, Tunnel to Towers has been on the forefront of fighting for and supporting our war veterans, heroes, and their families. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller joins me in studio next. Home. Home. Something to be proud of. Home. Safe. Comfort. Worthy of protection. Family. Home. I was deployed to Afghanistan. I was on patrol. March 26, 2010. During a dismounted patrol. I happened to step in the wrong spot. And took a sniper round into the chest. This is the date I was hit. I lost my legs almost immediately. I lost my left hand and both my legs above the knee. My arm was gone, so I closed my eyes, thinking to myself, if I just keep breathing, I will make it home to my wife. I just wanted to serve my country. Every day I'm still adapting to this new life. This is Mark Wahlberg. There are over 1,000 families that need our help. Tunnel to Towers is honoring those heroes that risked their lives by providing them with mortgage-free homes. Yes, I'm on the waiting list to have a home built. It's going to be amazing. The smart home technology, it makes my life a whole lot easier. Tunnel to Towers has been at the forefront in support of our American heroes, wounded warriors, and their families, and this Independence Day was no different. With help from donors like you, Tunnel to Towers has been able to pay off 31 mortgages for the families of fallen first responders and provide one fully equipped smart home, including two right here in Tennessee. Joining me now from Tunnel to Towers chairman and CEO, Frank Siller. Frank, you were part of the Fox News family at this point. I've yeah. seen you from afar so many times. I saw, you know, of course, the wonderful display we had at the Fox News Patriot Awards. You do so much for our, for our veterans, for their families. And I think the family aspect of this is what... I find most important to highlight because we see the stories of our warriors and we hear about our fallen warriors, but we sometimes forget about the families that they leave behind. And when the news cameras go away and the headlines fade, those families are still left with a great burden. And that's why I love what you guys are doing. Tell me about what you just recently paid off this 4th of July and what you're doing, especially here in Tennessee. Well, thanks for having me on. First of all, and uh, anytime I can get the message out that we take care of these great heroes, you just had this clip uh, of these catastrophically injured service members that gave their bodies for our country. Um, I know these guys. They're young men and, and some women uh, that paid such a big uh, sacrifice for you and I, Tommy. And uh, so every uh, 4th of July, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, we like to try to wake up America 
to let them know there's a big sacrifice that's going on for them. And how we do that is by paying off these mortgages or delivering the, these, these smart homes. And uh, as you said, that we did 31 uh, mortgage-free homes for Gold Star uh, widows and their kids left behind and fallen first responders. And a lot of those first responders served their country first and then right. became uh, first responders. And then, of course, uh, Staff Sergeant Ben Webb, where we gave him his uh, smart home, which is mortgage-free. But you had two here, great, great heroes, uh, in uh, Marion County, uh, right in Tennessee, um, a, helico a helicopter crash. Um, two great heroes went down, and I want to get their names right. It's Detective Matthew Blancett and uh, Sergeant Harold Russell. Uh, they left behind families. And when, when someone serves our country and they have kids left behind, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, we have made a promise, because the viewers that, you know, listening to you today and watching us here today, they donate $11 a month, that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is going to take care of all these families that are left behind. It's a promise we made, and we're keeping it, and we'll do not just this 31 that we did for this past Independence Day, but we're going to do over 200 this year. You guys do such a great job of reminding the nation about the service and the sacrifice and the families left behind. We just had Independence Day pass. A lot of polls coming out about how Americans feel about their country, and patriotism for some people is at a low right now. The country is very divided. But I feel like somewhere we've gotten lost in all of the political division and we've forgotten about the people who, regardless of their political ideology, go and fight for us. So what do you tell Americans that feel just disgruntled and frustrated with their country and that leads them to be disgruntled and frustrated with absolutely everything? They want no part of patriotism. Well, you know, this is a new era in, in life with all the uh, social media and people can watch something and move on to something else so, so quickly. Uh, but we should never forget the sacrifice that's made every day. And that is our first mission at the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, is to make sure that we don't forget. Look, my brother was a New York City firefighter who gave his life up on 9-11. He ran through the tunnel to the towers with 60 pounds gear on his back. We just wanted to uh, honor him as a family. And my, our first mission was not to forget what he did and what all first responders did and some everyday people uh, that that day had so many acts of heroism. It starts from there, but then we went to war, and we've had over 7,000 men and women who fought the global war on terror that has given their lives and left these families. You mentioned before, it's when somebody serves, it's not just the person who serves, it's the whole family that serves. And we want to make sure that America doesn't forget. Now, Fox is... A partner. I don't want to use it as a partner because they don't sign a contract saying they're a partner. But we can't do it without Fox and Fox viewers and Outkick and their viewers and and and, uh, and the ones who listen. Uh, we can't make this promise or deliver all these houses. We depend on eleven dollars a month. Go to t2t.org. Eleven dollars a month. That's how we get it done. Yes, I have Home Depot, uh, uh, General Motors. Uh, some great donors that give us millions of dollars each, no question about it. Some who served, uh, 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 who served our country first and became successful and, and, and donate millions of dollars. But we count on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who donate $11 a month. And it shows me that America is not forgetting. The people I deal with, for sure, is not forgetting. But I want to wake up everybody else who might be. Right, $11 a month. I mean, that's two okay. Starbucks coffees. My husband gets five Starbucks coffees a week, if not seven. So, I mean, it's a small contribution to make that can really make a difference. There's a lot of people out there 
who they want to donate and they want to help, but there's some organizations that are like, oh, I don't know if I'm sending my money. I don't know if it's going to the right things. I, I don't know if I can trust this. Tunnels to Ta Tunnel to Towers has been obviously very instrumental in the Fox family. We've advocated, you've advocated, we've supported each other. But what do you tell those people that want to donate, but they're just hesitant to send their money off anywhere on a website? I'll tell them this. This foundation was started the sacrifice that my brother made. It bears his story, his image, his legacy. I promise that we'll always take the money that people are donating, over 95 cents of every dollar, and we'll make sure it's going to these great heroes and the families are left behind. I made a promise to my brother a long time ago, and so did my brothers and sisters, that we will never forget and we'll honor him. And the way to honor him is by doing good and building these houses and delivering these mortgage-free homes to these great heroes is a great way to honor him and all those who perished, not just on 9-11, but has perished ever since. We ask everybody to join us on a mission to do good. St. Francis of Assisi said, brothers and sisters, while we have time, while we are here, let us do good. And we want to do good as a foundation. And I promise you, we will take care of your donation. You could see where it goes. It's going to somebody's mortgage or to a smart home. People could see where their money goes. Let's talk about those smart homes because I think we've all kind of seen the concept. But for these, as you mentioned, catastrophically wounded warriors, they need a whole different set of tools to be able to just operate. Tell me about what these smart homes do, some of the, the capabilities that they have to make the lives a little easier for the, the veteran or the family members. Well, so uh, we're blessed that right now we have about 95 smart homes, either that we're under construction or in the, in the design stage, 95 of them. That's how much need is still out there, right? right? And we've delivered over a thousand mortgage-free homes so far in, uh, uh, to wow. date, right? So we're, we're proud of that. But these homes give them back, these heroes, some of their independence. Mm -hmm. We can't change the fact they're missing multiple limbs or their traumatic brain injury or they're paralyzed. We can't change any, anything like that, but we can help their loved ones, their caretakers, and these great heroes to gain back some of their independence and be able to cook something on a stove. We have stoves that lower it down when they're in a wheelchair so they can cook something without asking somebody for the help or, the, or in their cabinets, they can get something out of their cabinet and pull it down and, and get something out, even as simple as a glass, to get a glass of water so they don't have to ask somebody. And they go to the bathrooms. The bathrooms, we have the state-of-the-art bathrooms with the smart technology in it so they could shower themselves or, or use the facilities themselves without asking somebody for help. These are just some of the things that we put into uh, all the smart technology. They can work off an iPad. Um, it's incredible what, what we put into these homes, but they're designed for their individual, each individual uh, uh, needs, and uh, we're, we're proud of the work that we're doing. They're, they're very grateful for it, and they want to pay it forward, every one of them. You saw the right. PSA they did in the beginning. They want to make sure the next guy uh, or the next uh, gal Gets gets their uh, gets their smart home and uh, and they want to pay for it. So they're great heroes and they continue being heroes. That's got to do something for their mental health as well. We know that that's a big struggle amongst those, especially wounded warriors that are coming home or wounded veterans. To not be able to do things for yourself, it doesn't help the mind. So giving them that autonomy, I can't imagine what that does. But let's talk about the families that aren't lucky enough to have their loved one come home. What's the reaction that you get when you have these mortgage-free homes, you gift them to these family members, these you know widows and their children? What kind of reception do you get and what do they tell you when they get such a wonderful gift? Uh, it's very emotional. 
uh, you know, I used to call every one of them. There's just so many, I can't. I can't. But the ones I do speak to, uh, every single one of them, every single one of them, the reaction has been similar in as they're so appreciative because they didn't know if they were going to be able to stay in the house that they were living in with their loved one before they died. They didn't know how they were going to be able to pay off their mortgage, how to pay, make the mortgage payment every month. They didn't know if their kids were going to be able to stay in the same school system that they were in or stay in a roof where they were making all the memories with their dad or their mom before they made the ultimate sacrifice. So to speak to them is uh, gut-wrenching, uh, but we let them know that we're not just doing that, we're not, and that it's not a just uh, paying off their mortgage, but we want them to be part of the Tunnel to Towers family. We have thousands of events all across America, hundreds, uh, 100 golf outings, 100 stair climbs and, uh, and runs uh, across America. People put on thousands of events for us and we let them know where they are and they wanna come and join us and be part of it and their family to be part of it. But always they're invited to our marquee event, which is the Tunnel to Towers run every year, the last Sunday in September, where we retrace my brother's final heroic footsteps through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, which is almost two miles long in itself where he ran with his fire gear on his back. And we uh, come out the other side up West Street and end up ground zero where there was such a great sacrifice that uh, uh, on September 11, 2001. I gotta mention two firefighters that died last night. Two firefighters uh, that died in Newark, the Newark uh, Fire Department. Uh, these guys, if you look at the beginning of our race every year, we have firefighters lined up in gear to do the run. These are my Newark, Newark firefighter buddies. These guys did the run and have been doing it and supporting us for over 20 years. And two of them died last night. One uh, I know that has a, a family uh, left behind. The other one was just going to get engaged. These oh, no. are young men whose lives were all ahead of them, but they were willing to put the uniform on and run into danger and give their lives up. Once again, we continue to take care of these families because of the kindness and generosity of Americans, and that's what $11 a month can do. It's the family aspect, and it's so beautiful. Thank you for everything that you've done, for being a part of our Fox and Outkick family, and advocating for these people who are honestly sometimes just a passing headline, not because people don't care, but they don't know how to care and translate that. So I want to remind people again, as Frank said, you've got to visit t2t.org slash donate to help our nation's heroes. $11 a month, guys. It's not that much. Please make sure you go help out so they can continue to do the great work that they do every single day. Frank, thank you so much for being with me. I hope that you're enjoying Nashville, Tennessee, because Nashville, so. Tennessee loves you. I'm going out to uh, listen to Dennis Quaid tonight. He's going to be playing his guitar at a, at a restaurant tonight, and uh, I'm going to go. Uh, he's a good, become a good friend of the foundation. Outkick is great. Clay and uh, Travis, I know he's coming up to play at our golf, uh, uh, celebrity golf outing on October 10th in Liberty National up in New York. You play golf? I don't. My husband does, though, every single day. Well, I like your husband, but I like you better. So. <laughs> I'm going to tell him about that, though. You tell him that. That sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, Frank. Enjoy right. Nashville, and God bless you for all you do. All right. Thank you. Still ahead, the nation's largest teachers union is pushing gay sex propaganda summer reading for students. And while I'm not surprised... I am disgusted. My final thoughts are next. Just when you thought the cult that is the almighty teachers union couldn't get any more brazen and shameless, they've outdone themselves with their summer reading list. It's time for final thoughts.
just in case this wasn't already clear, the teachers' unions care more about indoctrinating your kids and pushing out parents than they do any academic or educational goal. First, they pushed for school closures, then the masking and forced vaxxing of children, and now the largest teachers' union, the National Education Association, has come out with a summer reading list that's less educational and more soft porn. Yeah, the NEA has recommended teachers include the graphic gay sex novel Gender Queer on their students' summer reading lists. Yes, it is what it looks like, a manual for gay sex, masturbation, and more. Is it educational? Yeah, sure, if you're trying to groom and sexualize children. Disgusting, repulsive, downright sickening. There's a reason this book is banned, because it doesn't belong in front of children. We must ask, why do these adults want kids reading about this stuff? Why? What's the end goal here? But Gender Queer isn't the only concerning book on the list. Another is White Fragility, a book that details how white people are pretty much the worst and use anger, shame, and guilt to avoid taking responsibility for racism and inequality. String those two books together and you pretty much have the liberal Bible and would-be Democrat Constitution rolled into one. Folks, they used to target this crap at college and university students, but now they've set their sights on the younger ones. Why? Because they play the long game. They are creating their own brainwashed army of adolescents who will grow up to be Democrat voters and activists. Our young people, our students, are failing by about every academic metric, and yet the teachers' unions have expressly declared their goal is not to better education or academic performance or achievement, but rather to teach young, impressionable students to hate one another, hate their parents, and deny their own biology under the guise of expression. Parents, get your houses in order because this crap, it's not ending until you make it stop. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.